Welcome to the John Lothian News Daily Update podcast for January 29th, 2024. I am your host, John Lothian. This podcast is brought to you by John Lothian News. Thank you for joining us. Here are the hits and takes comments from today's JLN. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has expressed concerns that the ongoing conflict in Ukraine could escalate into a third world war if Russian aggression is not restrained with support of Western allies, the Independent reported. During an interview with the German state broadcaster Ard, Zelensky emphasized the potential gravity of the situation, stating that any Russian attack on a NATO member would mark the beginning of the Third World War. Today, alumni, leaders, and long-tenured employees of TMX Group joined Luc Fortin, the president and CEO of Montreal Exchange and global head of trading, TMX Group, to celebrate the 150th anniversary of Montreal Exchange by opening the markets. Montreal Exchange officially began in January 1874, becoming Canada's first chartered stock exchange through an act of the Quebec legislature, TMX shared on LinkedIn. Lynn Martin, the president of the New York Stock Exchange, NYSE, said in a Bloomberg television interview that companies are proceeding with their plans for initial public offerings, IPOs, despite the ongoing market volatility, which is expected to persist throughout the year. Martin mentioned a substantial number of companies actively pursuing IPOs and emphasized that when these firms decide to go public, they will need to exhibit a clear path to profitability and reassure investors of their capability to thrive even in uncertain periods. Meanwhile, London's stock market has witnessed a significant decline in the number of listed companies over the past decade, dropping by 25%, according to recent data Bloomberg reported. The report, sourced from the London Stock Exchange and provided by the UK trading platform XTB, reveals that the total number of listings decreased by 6% to 1,836 in 2023 alone. In 2013, the market boasted 2,448 firms listed. This trend is attributed to companies opting for New York's more extensive pools of investor capital and technology hubs. The decline is expected to continue in 2024 as takeover activities arise and new share listings struggle, as indicated in a report by brokerage Peel Hunt. The Sunday Times published its estimated list of the highest UK taxpayers for the year, which highlights some prominent figures, including billionaire quant trader Alex Gurko of XTX Markets. Gurko, originally from Moscow, secured the top spot on the index by contributing around £487 million to public finances. This places him ahead of former Formula One chief executive Bernie Ecclestone and Denise Coates, the head of gambling firm Bet365, who came in second and third respectively. Sir Chris Hahn came in number 13. 
He is the hedge fund king and son of a Jamaican car mechanic who donated more than 2.1 million pounds to charity last year. Also, Peter Hargraves, the fund manager of Hargreaves Lansdowne, came in 38th despite his funds losing 100 million pounds last year. American Stephen Schwartzman, the private equity baron, paid a big stamp duty bill on a 2,500-acre Wiltshire estate for 82.2 million pounds. Jeremy Grant, writing for The Scotsman, explored the challenges and opportunity in Scotland's offshore wind sector, highlighting the significance of harnessing the North Sea's wind resources under the Scot Wind Project in a story titled Reindustrialization of Scotland Faces Turbulence. ICE's Fixed Income Forum brought together industry leaders to discuss the latest developments and challenges within the fixed income sector. The event provided a platform for sharing best practices related to enhancing efficiency and automation across various aspects of fixed income operations spanning from front-to-back offices. Attendees also engaged in discussions concerning the regulatory landscape and evolving influence of ESG factors on fixed income investments. Key industry figures such as Chris Edmonds, president of Fixed Income and Data Services at ICE, and Jim Craig, Chief Investment Officer of Stone Harbor Investment Partners, among others, contributed their insights to this important dialogue. You can watch their videos with the link in today's newsletter. ABAC Singapore PTE Limited, the owner of ABAC's Exchange and Clearinghouse, has joined the Futures Industry Association, ABAC shared in a press release. Gil Mendelsis, the founder and CEO of Capitolis and former CEO of Triana, has written a commentary shared on TheMessenger.com titled, The Harvard Board is Still There and So is Anti-Semitism. Vermiculous Financial Technology has opened the summer intern application process and is searching for students that have finalized their third year in computational mathematics, computer science, engineering physics, or similar programs to join the Swedish technology firm this summer. In a bizarre incident in Paris, two women affiliated with an environmental group tossed pumpkin-colored soup at the iconic artwork, the Mona Lisa, displayed within bulletproof glass at the Louvre, the New York Times reported. Fortunately, the painting did not appear to sustain any damage from the unusual protest action. No word on how the soup tasted. After sharing my latest bad medical experience with my readers, I'm joining Oversharers Anonymous. I guess I should not have shared that. The Financial Asset Management Derivatives Forum 2024 anticipates drawing 350 members from the Futures Industry Association and the Securities Industry and Financial Markets Association, SIFMA, from February 7th to 
2024 to the Ritz-Carlton Laguna Nigel, Dana Point, California. Sessions will center on emerging products and strategy in today's business and macroeconomic landscape, offer insights into the regulatory pipeline, and examine trends in technology, including AI and blockchain. The opening day will include a luncheon featuring a Washington update sponsored by Women in Financial Markets, WIFM. Learn more and register with the link in today's newsletter. Nine Green Shoots 2024, Latest Trends and Innovations in Nature Finance, is a webinar presented by the UN Environment Program Finance Initiative, UNEPFI, January 30th, 2024, 1400 to 1515 CET, that's 8 a.m. EST. Adoption of Cunning Montreal Global Bioversity Framework, GBF, in 2022, and the launch of Task Force on Nature Related Financial Disclosures, TNFD, framework that have heightened awareness of biodiversity loss among those in finance. The webinar looks at emerging trends in nature finance from the past year and highlights innovative products and mechanisms with high potential to scale the market. Learn more and register with the link in today's newsletter. Our most read stories from our previous edition of JLN Options were ADM's CEO legacy clouded by accounting probe at Commodity Trader from the Financial Times. Traders bid up newest VIX contract to hedge Trump-Biden risk from Bloomberg. And Ether Options monthly trading volume hits all-time high in January from the block. Subscribe to the free JLN Options newsletter with the link in today's JLN. Here are more stories from the first read section of today's JLN. First from Reuters, the headline, Shunned in computer age, cursive makes a comeback in California. Starting this year, California grade school students are required to learn cursive handwriting after the skill had fallen out of fashion in the computer age. Assembly Bill 446, sponsored by former elementary school teacher Sharon Quirk Silva and signed into law in October, requires handwriting instruction for the 2.6 million Californians in grades 1 to 6, roughly ages 6 to 12, and cursive lessons for the appropriate grade levels generally considered to be third grade and above. My comment, cursive. The kids of today should learn how to swear properly. Here's another story, this one from the New York Times, the headline. A famed analyst final forecast is the fall of the U.S. economy. Dick Beauvais, the ubiquitous banking expert, is going out swinging after more than a century in the business. Over his 54 years as a financial analyst, Richard X. Beauvais perfected the art of grabbing attention through thousands of newspaper interviews, cable appearances and radio segments, Mr. Beauvais turned what can be a dull by the numbers career into a more showy one. Weighing in on the economy and the inner workings of Wall Street, he often bucked conventional wisdom and made enemies along the way. By his own recollection, he never turned down a media request. American banker once called him the country's most quotable bank analyst. My comment. One last hurrah for Dick Beauvais. Here's a story for Bloomberg. The headline, Billionaire Quant Trader Alex Gurko Named UK's Biggest Taxpayer. Sunday Times estimates 
Gurko contributed 487 million pounds. Gurko replaces gambling mogul Denise Coates at top of ranking. Alex Gurko built a quantitative trading firm over the past decade that handles almost $300 billion in daily volume across equities, commodities, currency, and fixed income. It made him a billionaire several times over, and it's now earned him the status of the UK's biggest taxpayer. My comment. My father always said paying a lot of taxes was a good thing because it meant you made a lot of money. Alex Gurko made a lot of money. Here are the top three stories from Friday's JLN. Our top story Friday was the release, new report, Repo Trading and Clearing 2023-2024 is out from Eurex. Second was FCA statement on judicial review of debt packager measures from the UK Financial Conduct Authority, FCA. Third was Jamie Dimon shakes up J.P. Morgan's leadership once again from the Wall Street Journal about a change in roles for Daniel Pinto, Jennifer Peepzak, and Troy Rohrbach. Here are the top five stories from the lead section of today's JLN. The first story is from Bloomberg. The headline, Wall Street has a dire warning about green investments under new endgame rule. Senior Wall Street bankers are warning that a plan by U.S. regulators to rewrite the rules of tax equity investing will deliver a major blow to a market dominated by J.P. Morgan and Chase and & Company and Bank of America Corp. At issue is the perceived risk of tax equity investments, which are a form of financing in which banks provide capital to green projects in exchange for tax credits. It's a market in which J.P. Morgan and B of A have been estimated to do more than 50% of the roughly $2 billion worth of annual transactions. Here's another story from the Financial Times. The headline, The financial system needs more capital and less complexity. As the Fed ponders the Basel III rules, we should aim for a regulatory structure that is simple and boring. Have we learnt anything from the great financial crisis of 2008 or any number of banking crises that came before or since right up to the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and others last year? Sometimes I think not. To me, the core lesson is that too much debt and leverage combined with too little high-quality capital on hand always ends in tears. And yet, as the massive lobbying by U.S. banks pushing back against the Fed's attempt to implement Basel III rules shows, we are still arguing about the basics of what makes the financial system safer. Here's another story from the Financial Times. The headline, UK looks increasingly isolated in its anti-crypto ETF stance. Spot Bitcoin exchange traded products are already available in the US, Europe, Australia, Brazil, and Canada. The UK is becoming increasingly isolated as one of the few major global markets to continue to hold back from approving retail access to cryptocurrency exchange-traded products. Continental Europe has them, as do Australia, Brazil, and Canada. The US has followed suit most recently with spot Bitcoin ETFs, prompting Hong Kong to say it will also jump on board. Yet the UK will not even let small investors buy those listed 
elsewhere, even though Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has championed the UK as a crypto hub and has advocated for a regulatory framework that allows the sector to flourish in Britain. Here's another story from the Financial Times. The headline, Crypto may have become boring, but it still isn't legit. The SEC's approval of 11 Bitcoin ETFs is not as meaningful as aficionados would like to think. It was easy to poke fun at crypto back in late 2022. The market had tanked by about two-thirds in the space of a year. Many of the industry's biggest companies and coins had collapsed into oblivion, their flagrant practices exposed, and the bubble that had driven receipts for pixelated images of apes, remember NFTs, to sell for millions of dollars had burst. Longtime critics like me were being encouraged to take virtual victory laps while the crypto crew had egg clearly all over their laser-eyed faces. Here's another story from the Financial Times. The headline, Chinese regulators curb short-selling as market downturn deepens. Measures come in effect Monday and are designed to create fairer market order. China has moved to officially limit short-selling after informal efforts failed to stop a worsening stock market sell-off. Investors who buy shares will not be allowed to lend them out for short-selling within an agreed lockup period, the Shenzhen and Shanghai bourses said on Sunday. The measures, which will come into effect from Monday, are designed to create a fair market order that China Securities Regulatory Commission said further limitations on securities lending will be introduced from March 18th, the regulator added. We're grateful for your attentive listening of the John Lothian News Daily Podcast. Please consider spreading the word about our podcast among your friends. Moreover, if you haven't done so already, we would greatly appreciate it if you could spare a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform on which you access this podcast. Your reviews play a crucial role in introducing our content to new listeners. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the daily John Lothian newsletter email, you can enjoy a complimentary 90-day trial by visiting johnlothiannews.com forward slash trial. Thank you for your valued support. Have a great day and stay safe and treat people the same way you want to be treated with respect, equality, and justice. This has been John Lothian. Goodbye. This podcast has been produced by Andrew Lothian. Mm-hmm.